0: We're sitting in the kitchen with Dawn and Nelly, who have been through many, many groups, and they were remarking what an incredibly lovely group you are, for real. And you are very distinctly different than many other groups, uh, not only in the fact that you actually eat food. (laughs) 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 Let's see how I can say this. You're very generous with each other, and you're actually not... um, competitive which is very unusual what i mean is when given a chance to be generous and connected with women who do not cause harm some people can take that chance and they settle down right it's like oh okay Okay, we're not doing this right and uh we're not doing this typically means there isn't let me show you how spiritual I am or how special I am or how I'm so much more, whatever, fill in the blanks. I'm going to rub it in your face that I'm so much more special than you are. Or I'm going to feel so sorry for you and I'm going to support you because you poor thing are not nearly as special as I am. (laughs) Uh, uh, Like there is all of that, that, that we do, all of us do at times. We've all done it, including myself. Right? We get into these modes where we need to find a place and i I write about this somewhat in my book we're a little bit like chickens in the sense that for the same reasons that we talked about in the beginning right as women in a circle in a tribal construct we need to know our place Mm -hmm. this is super important when you live in a tribal construct everybody has a job and it's not that one job is better than the other job, it's that everybody needs a job, mm. and everybody has a job, and so everybody is a functioning member of an organism. Mm. And we're built like that. And so uh, it's not that women have never been competitive, they've always been competitive, because we needed resources, we needed uh, a father for our children who would stick around and hunt some food, or kick the neighboring, uh, you know, tribe's ass or whatever. So, but what it is, is typically when women are somewhat okay with, with feeling that is you go into a room, you assess where you stand, you settle down there, right? You kind of know where you are at, and this is not higher or lower. So it's not like the chickens with the, you know, the alpha chicken and the Oh, my God, chicken. But it is something like that, as in everybody has a place. And when everybody's given a place and afforded that place, then everybody can settle down and um, just co- be a contributing member to a tribe. Mm-hmm. That's super important. And so things that make it so that that can't happen, one of the ways is when you're trying to make everybody equal, because we're not equal, and it's not... Equal as in higher or lower, but we're not the same people and we have different gifts and we have different um, Dispositions and some of us have children and some of us don't have children Some of us are younger and some of us are older and some of us are bleeding and some of us are no longer and you know Like all of that it makes us unique and when we bring that uniqueness To the situation and everybody's better when it's considered that we all have to be X it creates enormous friction, right? Because we're not all X. And, and if we want to be loved and fit in and feel like we're accepted and we have to bend ourselves into something that we're not, you know, we have to wear that outfit or say that thing or be of that kind, it creates enormous friction and that can create really bad situation amongst women. So that's one thing. You know, where we can't settle because we're not actually true to ourselves and we're not accepted for who we are or we think we're not accepted for who we are. And we feel like we're being kicked out of the tribe if we're not doing the things that the tribe does. And that creates horrible situations amongst women. The other thing that can really create horrible situations amongst women is if... um, the allowance isn't made that everybody needs to settle in so for whatever reason there's a a situation created where people can't settle down Mm -hmm. and they're kept in some kind of a state of you know like suspended not knowing where they belong for a number of reasons that also can create a real problem and then of course uh, in the workplace right we are not in a tribal situation in the workplace It's essentially you are hopefully, this is no longer true all the way, but you're hopefully judged by your merits, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's a completely different situation where you go somewhere and you work and hopefully um, you get acknowledged for your work and it's not about the other thing. And that can also cause a bit of a friction when you're used to um, just being taken for face value and then suddenly... You have to adjust that when other people question your value, mm-hmm. right? They don't think you should be where you are based on who you are, who you are but you, you're supposed to be somewhere based on some artificial, you're not among, you know, the, you're not among the cool girls or whatever, right? Like that kind of stuff creates real trouble. Mm-hmm. So coming back to you as a group, you are not that, and I think one of the reasons you're not that is you all actually have a life, um you know and jobs and careers and um went to schools and raised children or are having children and you know work with people and all of that and that takes the edge of that because you kind of know who you are and you don't come into a group having to establish your worth you just you just who you are you settle down and then you can be actually generous to other people and you've been incredibly generous with each other and, and that's one of the reasons you like to talk so much, because <laughs> you, you, you have so much to say, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that sometimes, like we were talking with the vocalizing, the same thing applies with the chatting. Sometimes the chatting takes the place of feeling something deeper. And so the reason I go, coming to silence, you know, is so that there's always a punctuation where you can feel a bit deeper. Yeah. And in that pause, in, in that not chatting it off, the next thing can be found, and the next thing can be found. It's a function of uh, a certain overflow of energy that trickles out. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing, as we said, there's nothing wrong with that bubbling up and bubbling out, but at some point we get to the point where we want to get to the little bit deeper stuff. Mm-hmm. And for that, it's good to not immediately let it bubble over. And also, talking about COVID and things like that, there's certainly that as well. I, for one, I don't think I've articulated that uh, properly, so I don't know how good it's going to sound, but I always considered myself extremely introverted. And I am extremely introverted. In, right. I, I like being alone more than I like anything else in the world. So I, like, I, I really need a lot of time by myself. But I'm kind of cured. Yeah. <laughs> You're over yourself? I'm, I'm over that shit, right? Yeah, right. After and after, after COVID, right? Like, I, I could really feel how much of that was also a mechanism like a a protective or coping mechanism and I can feel what's true and I still prefer my own company to any other company Mm -hmm. but at the same time I'm much more willing to dive in and engage and I have a a much greater appreciation of uh, being with people well what I'm talking about is attachment theory which is an entire theory around how you attach to your parents at birth or not. Meaning if if they weren't really there for you and you got anxious when they left and all of that kind of stuff. What you are talking about, I think, is more you're very bonded and very connected and very maybe entangled however you would want to say it with your husband and you don't want to let him go because you feel like there's nothing else and there's no one else that's you know once again there's you know people would call that codependent or whatever and then other people would call it Oh, it's so romantic you know and and so there's nothing wrong with you saying I'm attached to my husband I don't want him to leave me But then the next step is to go what's really there, right? And so the way you look at what's really there is, I'm I'm slicing this very broadly because, you know, I mean, we have to start somewhere, but essentially you go, why am I so attached? And then there's answers, right? So the answers would be He's the only man i've ever loved like this he's the only man i've ever had sex with he's the only man I have children with. um I have spent the last twenty years investing in this relationship uh We have a business together. I love his parents he loves my parents uh or i hate my pa- i hate his parents he hates my parents or whatever right like so you have all these criteria that that are the slices within the attachment, right? You could say something like, I don't know if I'm ever going to find a relationship again, because I don't know if I can ever open myself to another man, or you could say, Oh, I don't feel good about myself. Who else is going to take me? If he doesn't want me, the fact that he doesn't want me means that I'm not lovable or desirable, right? Like there's all these things that you call attachment. I'm just naming random things. I'm not saying they're your things, right? But that you call attachment. But they are much, much more precise definitions of why is it that you don't want him to go. And some of them are really true. Your heart and his heart are connected. You made a vow. You made a promise. You don't want to break that, right? But then underneath that, there is the, well, you made that vow and the promise at a time in your life when you didn't know x Mm -hmm. right you know and and that's always true because typically when we get married it's not always true but uh, like i said these are generalizations but often when we get married the getting married is more important or we don't know yet what we're getting married to Mm -hmm. right there's still till this day a certain amount of worth and value attached to for a woman particularly Mm -hmm. to being chosen by a man uh, and be that kind of a woman who can be married right and which is ridiculous but you know whatever it's like we have these things and I remember very specifically that that was just I, I you know I had such things around that where it was just like what does this mean? Why is it important? How is it important? Is it important? Uh, does it make me more worthy? Um, you know, but there's so much, you know, the ring and the thing, that there's all the stuff that people do that signifies worth. And so often we go into this thinking now that we've chosen, we can relax, somebody loves us, we love them, now life will start, right? Mm -hmm. But the problem, of course, is that that's not true, Mm -hmm. that chosen has very little to do with our worth, if at all, has to do with all the things like how we saw our parents act or how we not want to be like our parents or the people in relationship, what society wants of us, our biological urges, like having children, having a good provider, or being a good provider. It like it has very little to do with that. And then of course there's biochemistry, you know, bonding hormones and shit like that. Uh, where, you know, you're just, you don't know what the hell you're getting yourself into because you're in this fog of hormonal madness, right? And that goes both ways. And so then eventually all of that settles. I used to have a client, she would say, well, and then, you know, I'm dating the guy and then we're at the stage and suddenly the dick fog settles, she would say. (laughs) fog settles right that was her thing and I thought that was the best description ever the thick fog settles right at some point the thick fog settles and then what right so when your husband says I don't want to be married anymore that could be a million reasons why and there's a million reasons why you don't want that to happen and your job for yourself regardless of the outcome is that you define what are the reasons why you want to stay with him. And then only then can you go, okay, these are good reasons and I'm going to give it a go. Or you go, well, these are good reasons, but he's not up for them. So the reasons why I want to be with him are really no longer reasons because he doesn't want to be with me. And I need to be with somebody who loves me as much as I love them and is committed to me the way I'm committed. He's no longer that, so I need to get myself off that train, so to speak. right? Or you go, oh, he is worth doing X and then he says, oh, she's worth doing X and you give it another try. But there is also things where often we don't face the truth of how it really is versus how we think it should be. Right? And if you would actually be honest with how it is, it's not how you think it should be. and probably hasn't been in a long time. And you know, not knowing anything about your relationship, but this is true for most relationships. Anybody who's been in a relationship knows that, right? It's where you go, wait, Uh, I thought it was this, but it's not, right? And then the next step is, can you live with what it really is versus what you thought it is? Or are you forever chasing the dragon of the thing that you thought that you wanted and maybe you had it once for a second but maybe you never had it mm-hmm. well and that's the honesty and so there is when when the guy says to you i don't want to be married to you anymore you must take notice right for no other reason than that he's calling attention to something that you have to look at right as painful as that is and maybe it is that what you both thought it was going to be, it never was. Oh, that's not necessarily the end of the relationship, by the way, but it's a sobering moment where you go, yeah, you're actually right. You know, I haven't been there, you haven't been there. As a matter of fact, neither of us has ever been where we thought we were gonna be. Is there other things we can do together or is it done? And then if it's done, do you have children? Yeah, so at least you don't have that to deal with, right? Because that's a whole other complication when you have to go, well, we are done, but uh, we're not done, right? But it's a it's a moment of real truth and sobering truth when one person says, this isn't happening, you know? And so instead of going, no, 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 don't leave me, don't leave me, you know, you have to go, okay, what's worth, what, what is really happening? And then what's worth fighting for or not, yeah. And of course the problem is in a, when somebody's decided that they're out, you can't convince them, right? But often they're not out because they don't love you. They're out because something fundamentally isn't aligned. Right. And then that's something to look at. I once worked with a couple, they went all the way through a divorce They divorced all, and it was a very expensive divorce. And that was the whole purpose, it was like they they couldn't, there was something that they couldn't deal with that had to do with the money situation and the dependency of that. And it went all the way through divorce and I was very closely involved with the entire process and then they got back together and they're still back together. Because it was that thing that they had to break. There was a certain kind of a thing, and when they divorced, and he had to give her the money, and uh, and uh, you know it was very painful for him, and and she had to ask for the money, that children and properties and whatever, and that was very painful to, for her. And then she had to actually manage her own money, which she was utterly incapable of but thought she was and he knew she couldn't and then what actually happened was they got divorced she got the money that she said she wanted and she blew it all within like six months Mm -hmm, a lot of money and then she went like oh shit I now understand why he never trusted me with money (laughs) Um, (laughs) because she had this whole You just, you know, mansplaining me, essentially, and all of the stuff. She didn't know how to deal with money. And she blew her entire divorce settlement. She really thought she knew what, you know, and he was really wrong at not wanting her to manage their money. And then they did all of that. And then, uh, you know, it, it was, in all fairness, we have to say that she admitted it and he had enough wherewithal not to go, I told you so, right? Which took something, I think, of both of them, and they were very good they were very good people. Um, and so he didn't go, you know, so he went like, wow, okay, all right, I told you so, but he didn't say, it. and she went, oh, shit, he was right, and she, she kind of fixed it. They, they still have a really good relationship, but they never got their stuff tangled up again. So there's many ways to have a relationship and there's many ways to look at a relationship and to just say I'm so attached to this guy is selling yourself short in the sense that it doesn't even begin to touch what's really happening. So I'd encourage you to really, really, with the help of someone or with some friends who really know you and are actually (laughs) in your corner, not just going, Oh dump him, son of a bitch, you know, but but who go who go, well, I mean in all fairness, you do this or whatever, right? And just really pick it apart and see what's why are you so attached? And what of that is really yours to 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 work with. And what can you influence and what can't you influence? That's why I'm saying good friends, who are actually, um, who are actually wanting the best for you. But yeah, not everybody can deal with that. But you know, the problem also is not every counselor can deal with it. Yeah. Right? That's the other problem. I mean, for every good counselor out there, there's uh, a few who are projecting all their shit onto you. We've all had them, right? I mean, where you're just like in the aftermath, you're like, what, right? <laughs> And it's just like so, you can't believe the, the shit that was put on you and that, that that's equally possible as a friend doing it. So you're always rolling the dice and that's why good distinction is important.